Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, Derek here from Gamer Heroes to talk about the exciting episode that we have coming up here. This one's going to be a little bit different from anything else that you've heard. If you listened last week, you got a special episode from Screen Heroes on your feed where John and I joined Ryan and Ray to cast our own Overwatch live action film. This week is something totally different. I am teaming up with Jeremy from the Saturday Morning Tooncast, our Saturday cartoon show where we are going to be talking about Nintendo and Mario. Specifically, we'll start off with some video game news, talking Nintendo Labo, which is the cardboard enhancements for the Nintendo Switch. Then we go and check out the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which is an old 1989 Super Mario Brothers live-action and cartoon show. That's right, they did both in one show. That really is a fascinating watch. Um, and we also uh, check out the Super Mario cereal. That's right, Jeremy was able to get his hands on a box. So we talk about that and the attached amiibo. So we hope you enjoy the show. Next week, John will be back by my side to continue Gamer Heroes in a whole new format. We've got some cool stuff to announce. So we hope that you join us next week as well. And uh, on to the show. In 1987, a game was released in Japan for Nintendo's Famicom called Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic. In the game, a toad named Mamu torments the dreams of an Arabian family with a magical book whose ending is torn out. When it was time for America to get a sequel to the hit 1985 Nintendo Entertainment System game Super Mario Bros., the side-scrolling platformer Doki Doki Panic was adapted into Super Mario Bros. 2. Balanced Imogene became Mario, strong-jumping Mama became Luigi, floating pink Catalina became Princess Toadstool and the turban-wearing Papa became Mushroom-Headed Toad. This not only introduced Toad and Princess to the Mario canon, but adversaries like Bob-Oms, Shy Guys, and Birdo were carried over from the source material as well. The games were such a hit that children's entertainment company Deke spent a year trying to license the characters until they relented, giving way to Super Mario Bros. Super Show, a bizarre, disjointed, part-live-action, part-animated comedy starring professional wrestler The Captain Lou Albano as Mario. The show aired every weekday, for 13 weeks in 1989, giving The Legend of Zelda the animation slot for their Friday shows. Almost three decades later, Mario and Zelda are still hits with best-selling titles on the Switch gaming platform. To coincide with the 2017 mega-hit Mario Odyssey, Nintendo teamed up with Kellogg Cereal to release a limited-edition Mario cereal whose box could be used as an amiibo. Hey, paisanos! This week on a very special episode of the Saturday Morning Tooncast, we're watching the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. All over a bowl of Super Mario cereal. I mean, you want to you wanna explain what's going on here? Yeah, so I am Derek, co-host of Gamer Heroes, our video game podcast. And I am Jeremy, the co-host of the Saturday Morning Tooncast, our cartoon podcast. And so we decided to join forces this week and do a little crossover episode. Yeah, team up. Super team up. Super, in a very super way. We are, we're kind of like the Mario Brothers. 
this week. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest team up ever known. So who's Mario Mario and who's Luigi Mario? I feel like you have more facial hair, which would probably put you in the Mario category. You are taller I, than me. That's true. So I guess that would put me in the Luigi category. So perfect. And I'm a little brother, if that if that differs from you. I don't know what you're... I'm both. Oh. I, I have a oh, little brother, and I also have... Middle, middle, middle sibling. That explains some things. Well, there's I, there's two of us that are in the middle. There's four of us. Oh, okay. So um, you're upper middle I'm class? Lower, I'm lower, lower middle. middle class. Yeah, I'm lower middle okay. class. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so... Um, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. What is what is your familiarity with it? I've seen a few handful of episodes back during the show's like original run and some reruns in the nineties and stuff like that. It's yeah. been a long time. It was so it's it's such a weird one. And and looking into the show's history to see that it was aired every single day and it's an animated show. Mm-hmm. That's that's such a weird like that hasn't happened since I don't think because that's it's not like they did that with Power Rangers or anything. It's not like it was on every single day. No, for me, an everyday show is like a soap opera. I remember my mom's soap opera, right. Young and the Restless, was on every day. Or like interview shows, like Regis and Kathy Lee or something. It's like, right. to, for them to put out this, it's, it's so strange. I, I watched a little bit of it just to get kind of a taste of it. And it's, it's like, the it's a somewhat retired, retired professional wrestler playing Mario, and this much <laughs> older guy playing uh, Luigi, who's like the oldest man I've ever seen in children's television, doing these bizarre, disjointed weird basement show of them dressed as Mario and Luigi talking to like kind of D-list celebrities like Vanna White and uh, <laughs> I mean like they had Elvira on a couple episodes That's they had cool. Danica McKellar on an episode unfortunately all the good celebrities were uh, on the Friday episodes which were the Legend of Zelda episodes mm-hmm. uh, and uh, those aren't on Netflix for some reason only the Mario ones are huh well, I do know they're complicated layers. They're talking about a new Zelda show, so maybe they're oh. trying to hide any evidence. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> the Zelda license isn't tied to the Mario license anymore. That's so the, weird. the episodes that we're going to watch um, do have little Zelda segments at the very end, but okay. they like didn't make sense. Like I, I tried to preview them a little bit, and they're like clips, I guess, from the Friday show or something. All right, it doesn't make sense. Fair enough. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so they are on Netflix, which is really convenient. Uh, I was like scouring the internet, assuming they weren't on Netflix, about how I would find these DVDs somewhere yeah. out there, and then you're like, no, they're on Netflix. Man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were trying to do this one earlier, but we couldn't get our hands on the very limited edition Super Mario Brothers cereal that everybody freaked out and bought every box of at Target when it first came out. But then it's like, oh, nope, it's back, and everybody's fine. So, so yeah. Every, every other Nintendo thing, there's <laughs> consumer panic and, like, hoarding and then just relaxed basic capitalism. Well, except for the NES Classic. That one, it was That's such true. a short run that you still have to spend a lot of money if you want one in the second market. But I did notice on eBay, these cereal boxes are going for like 35 bucks a pop because of that stupid Amiibo. Well, they're... A, the Amiibo sucks. It doesn't really do anything. Uh, and B, the... Uh, those are the prices that they set, but nobody was actually buying them for those prices. Okay. It's, it's basically like eBay price inflation that's effectively meaningless. Because it is cereal at the end of the day. And yeah. the Amiibo is supposed to work with Super Mario Odyssey, which you, if you haven't used Amiibo with that game yet, it's a very limited functionality. It's designed to help you get the moons that are on the particular map right. if you're having trouble because there's so many on I mean, each map. Some specific ones will give you costume items. Yeah. This is not one of those. Basically, the, the little amiibo machine says, hey, you've scanned a delicious amiibo. Here's... Come back in five minutes and we'll tell you where a moon is. Right. 
It's just like, all right. Cool. So, deli- so they do add in that it's a food-based yeah. amiibo. Okay. It specifically says delicious amiibo. It's okay. the long and short of it. Okay. Well, don't eat your amiibo. Eat, just eat the cereal. Yeah. It's okay. it's just a specific... It's like a chip that's just taped to the inside of the box. And it says scan here, and you hold it up. It, it took forever. It was it was hard to find. Wow. Okay. But it worked. Interesting. All it right. did read it. Well, that's good. Uh, well, before we dive in and watch an episode, um, do we want to talk Gamer Hero stuff, since this is technically also a Gamer Hero show? Yeah, so this is a little weird for us. So those who listen to Gamer Heroes, we usually start things off with a short news segment. We'll talk about three or four different news pieces before we move into our main topic. So um, I figured we would pick one, just because this is a different kind of episode, and we'll make it Nintendo-themed. So for those who aren't aware, Nintendo announced something called Nintendo Labo. Labo. Which is basically do-it-yourself cardboard creations that are almost like an augmented reality for the Switch. Yeah, it's like, but like physical augmented reality. It's like... like, Mixed reality? Mixed medium reality. (laughs) And Labo, it should be called Cardbo. Cardbo? (laughs) I don't know what, maybe Labo is a a translational thing. It's like laboratory, I think is what Uh, they're saying, because it's it's basically... a way for them to put out something that is um, convertible and and you can experiment with it and change stuff around, put stickers on it, color it, like adjust how it works. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's I think the high end one is like a ninety dollar price point, and then the regular one is a seventy dollar price point. Um, and the big difference is the ninety dollar one comes with the robot suit, yes, uh, which I think it only fits children. So I probably won't be investing in that one. I don't know. So I, I want to find out about the robot one because that one's the most interesting to me. Yeah, because it's a adaptation of something that Miyamoto actually showcased at E3 way back in like 2012, 2013 mm. on the Wii U called Project Giant Robot. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. This basically looks like a slightly nicer version of was that, I, but with cardboard. Was I at E3 that year? Well, that would have been cool. I was not, so... <laughs> no, I think the last time I went to E3 was 2010, where they first unveiled the the Wii U. Okay, yeah, no, this was after it was already out. Okay. So, or the year it was God, coming out. The line to try the Wii U, and it didn't have anything on it. It was... There weren't any games at launch as a uh, Wii yeah. U owner, I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> was, as every Wii U owner can, can attest to that's, um, that's one that I skipped in the uh, Nintendo generations. I will tell you that it ended up being a really good console for me personally. I actually have more Wii U titles than Xbox One titles, mm. so I do not. Yeah, <laughs> it it has some cool stuff that it can do, and it has a Wii built into it, so you can transfer right. your Wii to it. So it yeah, just so the Wii had so many great titles. Hey, so you can go look at my whole library of Wii games, and it had a little virtual console. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Virtual Console was the one thing that made me kind of consider it, but not enough. Like, I I had the Wii. I felt like I got burned on the Wii. I got hands-on with the the Wii U early at E3 and just was was not impressed by it. Mm -hmm. And I was so satisfied because that was kind of the the heyday for the 3DS that I was like, if if I have any Nintendo IP itches that need to get scratched, I can do it with my 3DS for the time being. That's fair. I mean, the 3DS was going really strong. I mean, it still is going strong, though. As a Switch owner, I'm finding it hard to cope with reasons to use my DS. Yeah. The only thing that would get me back to a DS is a new generation of Pokemon. So yeah, the Labo, 
so what are all the things we saw in the video? There's the piano. That's really cool because yeah. it actually doesn't work the way I thought it did from the trailer. Mm. From the trailer, I thought it was picking up the vibrations because of the HD rumble. No, it's um, but it's the IR. It's right. actually the the light, um, which is really cool. It, it picks up the IR stuff. Yeah, because uh, you slip you slip in the Joy Cons into the the various cardboard things, and they pretty much ba- make a beam that you break with the keys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is super cool because you can actually sit down and play songs yeah. with a cardboard piano. I assume that's got to take hours to put together. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that, that one, um, like the backpack one, they showed the inside of it, and it's a bunch of interconnected strings and cords and stuff. Yeah. That's like, that's going to be, I mean, so it's going to be interesting to see how that rolls out because there are going to be a lot of moms who buy that as like a, a cool the kid will be fun for the kid to play with this. And it's like, kids won't be able to figure it out. They'll break it. They won't be able to buy a replacement for the like very fragile cardboard that they destroy. I have good news for that though. Oh, they have. So Nintendo is putting out all of the actual blueprints are going to be completely free online. Okay. So you can print them out. So you just make replacement parts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do a lot of online orders, so I get a lot of Amazon boxes I could print them out on paper and sketch them onto Amazon boxes and cut out that cardboard if I yeah. wanted to. Um, you will probably be like selling uh, custom 3D printed PVC versions of all that stuff just so that they're more durable. Yeah, you're probably right. I wonder if like <laughs> Nyko would be legally allowed to just replicate any of that stuff. I mean, I think they would just they would have to get the licensing for it. Yeah. Right? So I would, um, yeah, because I would assume Nintendo has got the like design patent, and utility patent, and all that stuff if they're putting it out to work with Lotto. I mean, I would think so. I think Labo, Labo, Labo. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, at the end of the day, you still have to buy the software that it works with, right? Right. So even if Nyko or any or you know uh, anybody else were to, to rip that off, so to speak, you still have to buy the game from Nintendo. Well, yeah. So I mean, Nintendo's get the money coming in from the game, regardless. So right. yeah, and their their probably their cost or their their ROI on the peripherals. Per- peripheral, oh, peripherals. The cardboard shit is, is probably next to nothing. Uh, so yeah, they they probably don't even care. But right. yeah, they just if somebody starts making like a twenty dollar one that that everybody buys, they'll probably be like, hey, <laughs> they might not be thrilled about it. Yeah. That's true. But they might also at the same time be like, well, all right, I guess we can just put out the game and not yeah. have to worry about this. But that is that is going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out with the current climate of streamer culture. Yes, because like you can't stream that because nobody can see what you're doing unless you do like probably like picture in picture video in the corner and then all that. And that'll be interesting because I mean. It, it seemed like some of the stuff didn't even really have game mechanics attached to it, like the piano. You're just playing piano. Oh, and there's like the thing that kind of looks like a bug and the Joy-Cons yeah. rumble and yeah, it it's walks like, around. Because yeah. um, then all you would be seeing from a screen share is is a controller. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I will be curious to see just how it's used and, and what its impact will be. I think it definitely seems to be focused more towards kids. Yeah. Um, so it just, it may not be for us. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and this is a kind of a big paradigm shift for how Nintendo has done stuff in the past where um, with the Wii U, they were constantly shoving the, the tablet in your face. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is our gimmick with this one. Use this. <laughs> if you don't use this, you know, it's not going to be a complete experience. Same with the motion controllers on the Wii. It's like, this is what we're doing, and, like, everybody has to buy in, and this is what we're doing. This, with the Switch, it's like, we made a handheld console. If you want to, you don't have to. You can pop those suckers off, screw around, switch it up, and and it's like, everything is optional instead of mandatory. And this is the, the like, 
And this is completely different, but this is like, look, we can, we can back into a gimmick without making the gimmick the primary thing that we're selling. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're making a console into a toy, which is going back to what, the roots of what Nintendo really is, that they were originally like a toy company that made card games and stuff like that before video games. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. It is interesting. And I've always been one who kind of shied away from the Wii and the Wii U innovations. So I had the classic controller hookup for the Wii, and I have my pro controller yeah. for the Wii U. Um, and I have a pro controller for the Switch. I prefer to lay on my couch or <laughs> in my gaming chair and just play the games. I mean, I do too, but I just hold the Switch in front of my face. So Switch. this is really weird for me. So I have carpal tunnel in mm-hmm. my right hand wrist primarily and on my ds when i play my my, my 3ds xl no problems never bothers me i can play it for hours the switch really bothers me in handheld mode Um, i guess because you're supporting the weight of it with with primarily your wrist i guess i don't know if it's the weight or if it's like it's too it's too thin because it's a lot thinner than the ds is um i don't know what it is i'm not an expert on that type of ergonomics at all but it I have a lot of issues playing the Switch in handheld mode. Hmm. Um, I still do it because I do travel for work and stuff. But if I'm home, it's on the TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I especially with Mario Odyssey, I like it on the TV just because that game is friggin' beautiful. Mm-hmm. No, it really is. In fact, I've almost so the dock Nintendo has the uh, official dock is normally ninety dollars. Oh, yeah, I saw you tweeting about that. It's seventy five right now on Amazon. I'm really tempted to pick up one so yeah. I can play it in another room. So yeah, if if I had any money right now, I would definitely consider it. <laughs> well, no one responded to my tweet. All right, yeah. nobody's saying anything. You're so unpopular. I know it's hard. I have all these followers, but they just want to talk about Star Trek. So <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's probably what happens when your username is the Star Trek dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's your username. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. How does gamer or, or do, you, do you talk about anything else? Do, or any other hot topics? Um, I mean, I didn't really prep a whole lot of news for this one because uh, we were going to do a different format. So I think that's all I have. Okay. Do I have anything? Video game stuff? No, not really. I, I've seen this weird buzz about people talking about a, a reboot of Muppet Babies for, for cartoon news, but I haven't done any research into it. Oh, okay. So I did hear they announced a new Muppet. Is that what it is? There's a new. Well, I mean, I guess there would have to be a new Muppet Babies if they're announcing a new Muppet or a new Muppet show. Well, that was the thing. So they, they I saw a headline. I said they announced a new Muppet, and the picture that was used was like live action Muppet Babies, which I don't. Oh, maybe they're doing a live action Muppet Babies, then. not cartoon news then. So yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I only saw it because um, I follow Cameron Esposito, stand up comedian, uh, and she said our our original lesbian icon, and it was a picture of Skeeter from Muppet Babies. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I I love Muppet Babies. That was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. Well, yeah, and um, it's impossible to stream anywhere because they do so much licensed stuff in that show. I I did like an illegal download somewhere at some point of an early episode, and they just had so many peppered in clips of original Star Wars. Oh, really? And it's like, oh yeah, that like Kermit would play pretend and be like dressed like Han Solo and be like, hey, Chewie, let's do something. And then it would cut to a full screen clip of just like Chewie with a bowcaster. And it's like, <laughs> oh, they just, they just went there. That's crazy. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. I'm going to have to see if I can get a couple solid eps uh, streamable somewhere. You'd think that wouldn't be a licensing problem now though, because Disney owns all of it. Do they own Muppet stuff? They do. Oh, I didn't know they ever actually acquired the Hanson Company. I know they like, 
I don't know if they own the whole Henson company, but mm. they do have Muppet rights. Okay. So they're apparently doing, they, they're the ones who announced the new Muppet. Oh. It was well. Disney. So yeah, I would think they could then, it's all their stuff. That's right? true. So. <laughs> I mean, certainly the Star Wars is, they, they had a lot of clips from old, old movies too, like oh, okay. Golden Hollywood stuff would get thrown in there. And, and I, I mean, Indiana Jones, but is that Disney on that? No. Well, it was Lucas. But that's Spielberg. Well, it was both of them. Right. So I don't know who owns the rights. I don't know. Interesting. This is so confusing. Yeah. It was an MGM film, actually. Yeah. So, so no, I guess I guess Disney wouldn't own own MGM. Unless they want to and then they would. <laughs> yeah. They just have to wave that cash wand. Movie rights are confusing. Yeah. Let's let's not go into that because in the last few episodes, Danielle has been going on like very dark rants about how Disney's acquiring everything and we're in this like corporate dystopia of like there are three companies that own everything. There is soon gonna be just a company called media and a company called food and a company <laughs> called clothes. No no, because you get the demolition man future where every restaurant is a Taco Bell. <laughs> it works out for me because I have that uh that coupon that gets me free Taco Bell. <laughs> It's only that one location, though. But oh, uh, well, that's a shame. Yeah, no, it's not. It's awesome. <laughs> I haven't actually been. I, well, that's not true. I went through the drive-through to get some Taco Bell. Oh, you got to go so, in there. Yeah. They have a Oculus Rift. You set up. It's yeah. so weird. <laughs> they don't actually use it though, because none of the staff know how it works. They've done weird stuff. Though. There's the, like the KFC uh, has a, had a comic book for a little while. Yeah. And I think he ran into the Green Lantern at one point. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so. <laughs> That would be interesting. Yeah. It's like one chicken gets gets the ring on its foot and then it's like, oh God, <laughs> run, Colonel, run. All right. Well, let's get to a watching. So the first episode we were going to take a look at for the Saturday morning super show. Wait, Super Mario, Saturday morning tunecast, super show, Mario show. Uh, it's called Crocodile Mario. Oh. Um, something about going to the Outback Mushroom kingdom or something you know so australia 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 and the mushroom kingdom okay uh yeah i picked this one because right. it has uh gary owen in it who is a voice actor whose career i've he's he's very tertiary like he's not been like the big guy in anything but he was like the commissioner in swat cats and he's the announcer in space Ghost coast to coast but my favorite role for him is powdered toast man so i'm hoping from ren and Stimpy. Oh, right. Sorry. It's been ages since oh, I've seen Red and Stimpy. great. But, uh, yeah, Crocodile Mario. Ready to watch? Let's do it. All right. We'll be... Oh, wait. We're... Well, I guess we already kind of talked about the cereal. Mario. Yeah, Mario the, cereal. The new Mario cereal. It's Mario cereal. We're not going <laughs> to taste the amoeba. We're just going to eat the cereal. Well, okay. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag taste the amoeba. All right. We will be right back. It's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. With the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. And we are back. Wow, wowzy, wow, wow. <laughs> that uh, that was interesting. To say the least. Yeah. So apparently Netflix has their numbering wrong, and the episode that was labeled uh, Crocodile, whatever we had said before the break, uh, was actually an episode called Glasnuts slash Plumber's Academy. The, the live-action bit was called Glasnuts. Uh, beautiful name. And then Plumber's Academy was the, the animated bit. Wow. What a weird show where, yeah, they have live-action kind of book-ending yeah. actual cartoon. That also in itself had a flashback. So. Yeah. 
I, I mean, they weren't, they were related in that the president and Mikhail Gorbachev, like, and it wasn't even, they didn't even say President George Bush Sr., which would have been the, the 80s at this point in time. Because, yeah, it was Reagan and Bush, then Clinton was 92? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was 89, so... Yeah. So, yeah, that, that would have been Gorbachev and Bush at, like, the height of the Cold War, but they were best buds. It was super... The Mario Brothers had to make a pizza for Gorbachev. Yeah, and... so the, the live-action bit starts with they get a president from... Or they get, they get a phone call from the President of the United States who says, Mikhail Gorbachev is a big fan of these two plumbers... <laughs> Who are apparently master pizza chefs for whatever goddamn reason, other than they're just Italian as hell. Even though the animated Mario only wants to eat pasta. Yeah. And what did he say? Lasagna cream or cheesecake? He said uh, like... I we, missed that. Yeah, at the very, at the very <laughs> end he's like, we, let's get that before we can say lasagna cream cheese. Or oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what that was supposed to be. Yeah, do. gross. Um... But yeah, so President calls, Gorbachev wants to meet them, they think it's a joke, and then Gorbachev shows up with a KGB agent at their front door, and they just kind of laugh it off, and he makes various demands, mostly that he wants them to make him a pizza, so they start teaching him how to make a pizza, and then just abruptly we go to an animated uh, Mario cartoon, it's just like, I love, so... And that was, that was why I put that in the intro about the Doki Doki Panic, mm-hmm. is that um, these four characters are the four characters from Super Mario Bros. 2. Right. Because uh, I think Super Mario Bros. 3 didn't come out till 90 or something like that. Or that. But yeah, I mean, this would have been the era where that's the most recent Mario franchise. So we see these very established characters that are basically based on the abilities of those four characters in Super Mario Bros. 2, and those abilities are based on an Arab family from a completely unrelated totally uh, Japanese game. So it's just, like, weird, like, 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 Toadstool is, or Toad, is a mushroom person because they had the power-up mushrooms in the first one, but also because he's based on a character that wore a turban. Right. And it's, like, it's so weird to recontextualize that we've seen these happy little mushroom guys for so long, and it's like, oh, that's because he had a turban. It's, the whole history of Super Mario Brothers 2 is so strange because in Japan they got an actual Super Mario Brothers 2. We call it the Lost Levels, right? But they were worried it wouldn't sell well here because it was yeah. too similar. Yeah, because it was. I mean, it was just more levels for the first game. Um, and yeah, and there's there, there's enemies in Super Mario Brothers 2 that you never see again until basically the remake of one of the Super Mario games on Game Boy Advanced. Well, yeah, I mean, Birdo I think showed up in like. Uh, uh, one of the the Mario Kart games at some mm-hmm. point. Birdo did? I don't think so. Birdo was in something. Well, I don't think it was Mario Kart. Uh, Shy Guy shows up in Mario Kart, and his, yeah. his their debut was in Super Mario Brothers too. Yeah, Shy Guy, Bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also weird to watch this, knowing that this probably planted the seeds for what became the Super Mario Brothers movie. The Bob Hoskins John, John Leguizamo <laughs> vehicle that is one of the craziest things that has ever existed. But more coherent than what we just watched. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I mean, this this show has two intros because they have a live action intro, both and of which have an animated intro. both of which are energetically wrapped by a, a late forties retired WWF wrestler, which is the it's like so so strange. I want to I want to be a fly on the wall in the meeting where this show is pitched. 
right. as an idea. Well, in, in, in stuff that I looked at, it was like Deke and Saban and MTV and Viacom all lobbied Nintendo for like a year. Like this, they were like, we have, we want this so bad. We are going to put so much effort into getting this license. And then this is what they come up with. Whew. It's like, man, we have these great ideas. Shigeru Miyamoto, please let us work with you. Please let us license these characters that aren't even the real characters that are these new characters that you've, I mean, I guess they are the real characters because there wasn't really a canon, like there was no story for Mario in Mario really. one. It was just jump man goes through pipes. Well, there was the whole your princess is in another castle. Yeah. So you were you knew you were rescuing the princess. Yeah. But it was questioning if that was also the same princess from Donkey Kong, or if like yeah, it wasn't really fleshed out. Yeah. Also, you didn't get the differentiation in in the characters like that. Luigi was a little more narrow and a little taller until Mario two. So it's like all of the characters were really developed for this game. Uh, except for like Yoshi, which was Super Mario World. Yeah, that was later. Yoshi was later. Um, no, this was super strange, and you pointed out while we were actually watching it, the animation style is super inconsistent between characters. Yeah. I mean, like, once you're in the Mushroom Kingdom, everything's, it basically, like, you have, you have the three humanish characters, and they look like they're the same art style, and then everything else is just, like, Koopas, or more generic turtle monsters, or... Uh, King Koopa, or like a, a weird German rat. So okay. that was surprising. Do you remember him from anything? I, I mean, I remember him from this, but for anything else, no. Mario. Okay, no. neither do I. No, he was yeah, a, a weird German rat. They felt that King Koopa needed a, a sidekick. He was like, he he was like evil German. Um, uh, what was the the mouse cartoon? I just lost it. Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Danger Mouse. Yeah, he's like Danger Mouse, <laughs> evil German twin brother. Um, but it's, it's kind of like what they did with, um, the Sonic cartoon where they, Dr. Robotnik for some reason had the drill guy and then the robot chicken that, that neither of which were in the game at all, but they're just like, well, he needs two bumbling sidekicks. And I guess the other, the mouse was basically like the next in command after yeah, Koopa. Yeah, his, his major domo is, is Lieutenant Riker, or <laughs> Commander Riker. Um... But the the one thing that's so fun about this show, even when it's completely incoherent, is that they throw in all the sound effects for everything. So every time they move their arms or touch anything, it's like boing, twing, boing, like everything that's directly taken from the, the MIDI files they use for the NES games. And that was even true in, during the live action sequences. Yeah. Which, when it, when it first happened, the first time, I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then it kept happening, like, this is just bad. Right. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, and this animated one's probably not a good representation of the Mario cartoon because it's completely set in Brooklyn. I mean, there's there's the intro yeah. sequence where they're thrown into a drain and uh, Mario puts his golden plunger on Koopa's nose and then Koopa's basically incapacitated and just leaves <laughs> him. The yeah, and then just leaves him in this hole that's randomly in the middle of, like, a coliseum pit mm-hmm. uh, in what appears to be Koopa's castle, but they don't kind of make that clear. No. Um, it was on the ground somewhere. Yeah. So so Mario forlorn that he's lost his golden plumber's helper, which is just a plunger. Like, they called it plumber's helper. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he goes into then a second story where he's talking about how he got it from the president. When the president was going through Brooklyn with Mikhail Gorbachev after their first stint in basic training, which is some kind of military-level <laughs> uh, plumber training program. It's like, I feel like I'm explaining a dream I had <laughs> when coming off of Mushrooms. Well, there, there were two characters that were with Mario and Luigi at first that 
basically looked like Wario and Luigi. But yeah, that was crazy. While Luigi, I mean, yeah, um, they had exactly Wario's colors, the the yellow and right. blue. Yeah, and then they had there, there were two of them. One was shaped like Wario, the other was shaped like Waluigi, yeah. just the wrong colors. But I mean, Wario wasn't introduced until what, like Mario Tennis? Well, no. So uh, Super Super Mario Land Three is Wario Land One. Okay, and Game, Boy. Game Boy. Yeah. So that would have been probably early 90s, mid-90s? Early 90s. So at least a few years after this. It was, yeah. So I don't think he was a character yet, so maybe that was, like, based on some sketches. I mean, I'm sure they just reversed the colors and said, this is Wario. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the drill sergeant is Sergeant Koopaman, and the voice actor is the same one that plays Koopa, so it's like, are we supposed to think that this is the same guy, or this was Koopa in disguise, or everyone has a parallel in real Brooklyn to to the Mushroom Kingdom? So is there a parallel to Mario and Luigi then? <laughs> Wario and Waluigi, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's like Discovery and they change places. So there's uh, there's uh, whenever Mario and Luigi are in the Mushroom Kingdom, Mushroom Kingdom, my seal my serial <laughs> network. It's part of the spore oh god, network. <laughs> the Mushroom Kingdom is the spore network. Right. So then is, is the mouse... Now we have, to call, we have to call Greg. We have a, <laughs> another crossover. <laughs> triple shirt. show. Uh, yeah, Jeremy and I do red shirts and runabouts together. Yes. Um, but, like, even this, this this Colonel Sergeant guy... You know, he's, he's Sergeant. Show him some respect. He's just Sergeant? Okay. In the, mili- in the, in the naval in the plum- plumbing army? Military. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, super mean to them and making them do ridiculous stuff. And then he uses a bag clearly marked fast-drying concrete... Yeah. As drain cleaner. <laughs> also, they they come across a statue in the middle of the campus of whatever college this is, and there's a statue to Salvador Drainado. Yes. So are we supposed to think that this is like some weird like Italian society of plumbers that like all of the plumbers of Brooklyn are Italian and they, they make pizza? The world. It's like so like there's so many like ethnicities and and nationalities at play in all of these shows and that are just thrown about so cavalierly like i was watching or i was looking through the the episode titles and there's one where the mushrooms are native american and there's ones where they're japanese it's like whatever they can just throw them in and have these really broad stereotypes wow it's just it's it's wildly problematic it is it is um i mean because this was just super confusing because of all the Cold War aspects of it. Like, they were yeah. really hitting the Russian stuff hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Mikhail Gorbachev. It's like <laughs> just showing the guy who was our, like, primary... It's like it would be having Putin on a oh, children's card. Like, imagine if there was an episode of, like, like Paw Patrol, where... <laughs> Paw, Patrol. <laughs> Paw Patrol. or, like, or like uh, Doc McStuffins, <laughs> where... where <laughs> where Putin shows yeah, up Yeah, Putin's like, hey, who, who wants to fix my... <laughs> Stuffed on wool. So weird. And like, so at the end... He's doing that crazy accent, too. They had Gorbachev, like, that he's helping Mario and Luigi make the pizza, and he puts, like, super stereotypical Russian stuff on it, like, borscht. borscht. sour cream, caviar. Yeah, the caviar thing was weird. I guess that's because he's, like, the leader. Is he rich? Because he's rich, he can have caviar. He puts all this on the pizza. (laughs) Yeah. And they, they're not worried that they're going to be in trouble. They're worried that their reputation is going to be ruined. It's like there was there was no active danger. They didn't see him as a threat at all, even though the KGB bodyguard was right there. Yeah, the most like he's he's just he's got this like big long jacket, the sunglasses. And he's yeah, KGB agents. But all he's holding is a briefcase. He's yeah. not armed in any way. A, a briefcase that's uh, that has borscht and sour cream and caviar. In yeah, it. very God, that important. Was so weird. Everything about that was so strange. <laughs> um. 
And then and then we get that that quick cutaway when he's baking when Gor- Mikhail Gorbachev is basing his pizza that he made with the Mario Brothers. He's putting it in the toaster oven, yeah, like, looking at the camera, yeah, like really mugging at the camera. Uh, we cut away to a clip from Friday's uh, Legend of Zelda episode, which was weird that they would put that in because it's just a disjointed series of clips. But I did remember um, when it got to the end that was there's like a, a YouTube mega mix of all of the times he says, um, well, excuse me, princess. Cause apparently that was his catchphrase. That was his catchphrase. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, this is why Link just doesn't talk in video yeah. games because yeah. It's, that's, yeah. that's what he sounds like. Yeah. Apparently that was so weird. Like it's, it's the classic Zelda music, the main theme, but done in the, the, Art style of like He Man and Masters of the Universe, yeah, very eighties Thundercats, yeah, right. And he's like fighting all these weird monsters, and he has. Oh, but they use all the t- sound effects too. But he's all he, the- he shoots the beam at the the enemy. He's like, Pah! I love that. <laughs> oh, that was so weird. But like, and then you know Zelda's in it, and she's dressed totally different. Yeah, she looks like kind of like Jasmine, but a few more layers or something. It's like it's like a tasteful vest, but then kind of a puffy <laughs> shirt. The weirdest thing for me was her. Her this the from her waist to her uh, thigh high boots, uh, she has apparently some kind of very skin tight pants on, but they're the same color as her face. Yeah. So they look flesh colored. So they it do. looks like she just has no pants on, <laughs> but has the anatomy of a Barbie doll. It's like that's that's a weird twist. That's a weird choice. Yeah. yeah. That was that was super disjointed because there was no real plot to it. There was no real, like, summary thread. It was just, you know, there's these two Triforces, and whoever controls both of them controls the fate of the world. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the overarching narrative of all of the all, Zelda ones, but right? then this was just a preview of the upcoming Friday episode, because apparently on the Friday ones, yeah, instead of any of the, the animated Mario stuff, they just cut away to an unrelated episode of Zelda, <laughs> the Mario Brothers, because they're just, like, once a week. But apparently, I was so I was going through episodes, and apparently those Friday ones, that's when they had, like, um, they had an episode with, uh, the, oh God, no, I can't think of his name. Um, the, the black guy from, uh, Ghostbusters. Winston? Winston, yeah. So they had the, the, the actor that plays Winston pretending to be some kind of Ghostbuster. On, Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, Ernie oh, Hudson. Okay. But his, his name was like, you know, Goo Buster. And he was like, uh, everything was a parody. Okay. And they had Elvira on two episodes and they had a bunch of, um, they had like Rowdy Roddy Piper and uh, Sergeant Slaughter and all these other WWE people. Weird. Uh, and apparently, there's one point where um, the the guy that plays Mario comes back as his own wrestling persona. Oh jeez, that's just so strange. That's super meta. Because these guys were like 46 when they made these. They're old as hell for a children's show. It's ridiculous. And this is clearly a children's show, but at the same time, it has a laugh track. The, the live, live action, live action yeah. stuff has a laugh track, God. and Luigi just sounds like he's. A pack a day smoker. <laughs> it's like it's like these very cute little cute animation. It's like, hey Mario, what are we doing? <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> oh man, it was super super crazy. It was way out there. And, yeah, I mean, you've got a live action show with a cartoon inside it, and the cartoon has a flashback and. There's a, there's Cold War stuff everywhere, but like we're all super buddy buddy, but it's still the Cold War. Yeah, like I don't know. That was just 
really strange. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I mean, especially given the current political climate with Russia stuff. I mean, for us to go in thinking we're going to be watching a cartoon about kooky Australia stuff and, and kangaroos <laughs> and the Mar- Mushroom Kingdom, and then it's like, oh, that's Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> He just was... put like the birthmark on his head and yeah. everything. With, yeah, like I can't imagine that that played well at the time outside of the United States. I mean, they did that. I mean, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev was in Animaniacs too, uh, in in a very some form where he was like right. getting tormented by Yakko or something. But it's like that was that was a much more prominent thing in the the Spielberg cartoons. Like, I think Freakazoid would would bug world leaders and stuff like that, too, and probably yeah. Pinky and the Brain had some some form of that, but... Uh, that was all a little bit later, though, too. Uh, yeah, it was like 92, 93, and this was 89, so it wasn't that I far off. that far, yeah. But it's, it's weird that it would be pioneered <laughs> in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, man. The, the daily NES-based cartoon. Anyway... The old the old sound effects really got me. Like they're straight; they just ripped them oh, off the game. Yeah, yeah every. I mean, yeah. So so weird. So very weird. But it's. I mean, it's basically a uh, an like a com- companion piece to an NES game that had virtually no story. That they just extrapolated all this stuff. Like this was the first real experience of these characters and kind of their personalities and their interactions. And this is. I mean, when we see. Uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker and and the the characters in Mario Odyssey. All of these characters are in Mar- Mario Odyssey. They this is what like ah Toad still sounds like this, and this is like where they first developed his voice. It's just crazy what impact this bonkers ass <laughs> show has had on this billion dollar Mario franchise going forward. It's a good point, but it's also you know maybe shows why they're you know you had. Nintendo tried three times to do Mario stuff out, you know, in show or movie form. They had this show, they had the live action Super Mario Brothers movie, and then they had a Super Mario World cartoon. And that's kind there of was it. A, there was a Super Mario three cartoon as well, right? And there was right. also Captain N. What's that one? You never seen Captain N? No, I don't know that one. Uh, oh god. Okay, so Captain N. You know, let's... So I remember the Super Mario Brothers three. I like Here, that one. Pause a lot. for a second. Let me, let me find a description of... Okay, so we have Captain N, the Game Master. Uh, it was 89 to 91, and it was a Saturday morning cartoon. Also, Deke, uh, it was on NBC. Um, so it was... The first part of it had... Where's the list of characters? God damn. Okay. Uh, sh- show premise. At the outset of the first area uh, episode, the hero of the series, Kevin Keane, a teenager from Northridge, Los Angeles, and his dog Duke were taken to another universe known as Videoland when they get sucked into a vortex called the Ultimate Warp Zone. Uh, so he's uh, trying to save Videoland from Mother Brain. He has an NES uh, zapper, uh, and the team that he fights all of this with is Simon Belmont, Mega Man, and Kid Icarus. Wow. So it's a, it's a cartoon where a, a kid is teaming up with a big... NES, and they fight, their, their big enemy, enemies are the Eggplant Wizard, King Hippo, Dr. Wily, Donkey Kong, uh, Dr. Light, Princess Zelda show up, um, but they they would split the Captain N segments with more Super Mario cartoons, so the Super Mario cartoon kind of continued into okay. Captain N, the Game Master. Yeah, see, I missed that one somehow, even though it was on the same time, I, I totally missed yeah. that one. But yeah, we'll have to... Uh, We'll have to do another crossover episode where we watch fucking Captain N. Because that, yeah, that one's pretty crazy. 
That's fantastic. All right. So uh, you ready to watch another episode of this craziness? Sure, let's do it. All right. So the the second one I picked, and we'll have to figure out where it <laughs> actually is on the Netflix, Netflix run, is called Flatbush Koopa, uh, where Koopa comes to Brooklyn and takes over Brooklyn. All so right, it's so. A, it's another one that's set outside of the Mushroom Kingdom. Unfortunately, we'll we'll have a lot of time spent in Brooklyn. That's fine. But uh, yeah, the, he he changes to, to City Coupland instead of Brooklyn or Coupland. Yeah, Coupland. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll be right back. Yo, you're in for a treat, so hang on to your seat. Get ready for adventure and remarkable feats. You'll meet Coopers and Troopers, the princess and the others. Hanging with the plumbers, you'll be hooked on the brothers. And we are back. Good God. That show. What the hell is this show? <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. This episode, I think, was worse than the last one. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least there was there was some co- co- cohesive, like, Gorbachev was in both the animated and the live action, and, and there were kind of was a narrative thread. I mean, this one we start with the brothers just sleeping together. In their work clothes. In their work clothes on what appeared to be like a couch. Uh, snoring so heavily that it was pushing a vase of flowers back and forth. Hilarious. Yeah, very, very cartoony thing. Yeah. There's kind of like a Pee Wee's Playhouse aspect to the oh, live-action yeah. part of it, where there's, like, stuff constantly going on, and, like, everything has kind of a weird magical nature and personality to it. But Mario reminds me of Gallagher. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> he does have, have a, a greasiness and a kind of manic energy to him that is... Uh, in line with Gallagher. But, uh, you, I mean, there's this tube that's kind of bent coming off the back that looks like an exhaust port from, like, a dryer uh, yeah. that's singing because it's their upstairs neighbor, Miss Gambless, in apartment 5C, who's an aspiring opera singer. And it's just like, we're just so quickly just thrown into this odd conflict of a woman screaming uh, <laughs> at the Mario Brothers when they're trying to take a nap in their workplace. It's like... Well, what was really confusing is like they're on they're in like this first floor slash basement space. Yeah, and she's on the fourth floor. She's in, she's in five C. Five C. Five C. So she's on the fifth floor, and so I guess this for some reason those two apartments their vents just straight connect to each other. Well, also this the Mario Brothers has every episode has an establishing shot where we see. Um, the building that has the big sign on the side that says Mario Brothers Plumbing. That's not a five story building. <laughs> that's like a I didn't really pay that's, that's like a three story building at best. It's like a, a walk up in in the middle of Brooklyn. See what I noticed about that is that they have like a map painting for this. Like they couldn't even get like a shot of some buildings. Well, that, I mean that's the crazy thing about all of this is that it's it's so cobbled together. Like in the intro where you see um Princess and, and Toad and Mario and Luigi on the the flying carpet, it's clearly cut out and superimposed over another animated scene. Yeah. So it's like, it's like hastily cut out when it itself is a part, like, there's no reason it should look that bad. It looks like it's green screened animation. Which, I mean, that, that's a strange concept. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like somehow they shot this thing in front of a green screen and then recomposited it. I mean, just everything about it looks hastily done. There's, there's, they do the Mario over the end credits where they try and teach you a little Mario dance. The dance is, and here are all the steps to it. Swing your arms from side to side. Take a step. It's walking. Yeah, it's walking. It's power walking. <laughs> at most. Um, oh, 
and then at the very end, he yeah. trips yeah. every time. He does a little jump and then stumbles. It's like, okay, we're doing the Mario. And like that's Drunkenly the- stumbling at the end of your career. <laughs> and it's the end credits. You're telling me you couldn't get a second take of yeah. your end credits? You're going to use it. There's no time. Episode. This, is, this is going to air in 30 seconds. we got to get this down. I wish I, I wish it had been like at least like a live show, like they filmed it live, right, right somewhere, like a variety show. But no, uh, at least those all the people in that audience would have some amazing stories of like probably the, the smell of booze wafting off of Mario and Luigi as, well, as they cash their Viacom checks. <laughs> it does have a laugh track, the live action yeah. portions. It's very half ass laugh track. Oh, yeah. They don't lean on it very much. God, that was so bizarre. So it's like that's that's all the conflict we're introduced to is that they're woken up by an opera singer, and as opposed to Mikhail Gorbachev coming to want them to make a pizza for him, which is like this full like eight minute kind of arc with a narrative to it. This is just like it's like oh Mario, this sucks, and it's like boom right into the Mario cartoon. It's completely unrelated. There's no singing. No, yeah, and they just. And it's also like twice as long as the one in the last episode was because they cut out the whole first act to just be this punch out. Like we're gonna skip the Cold War yeah. overtones this time. God, that was so weird. So so we get to the animated piece, and uh, Mario and Luigi have returned to Brooklyn after they all they're all in a parade because they've defeated Koopa, and apparently they just lost track of Koopa. I don't know why they're throwing a parade because he just left uh, to go to to go to Brooklyn ahead of them. So it's kind of like a uh, not well deserved parade. No, not at all. Yay, we got him to move. <laughs> yeah, yay, we lost track of him for a few days, and he got away from us. So clearly, we won. I guess or maybe it, it was interesting because you got to see um, uh, women coop, uh, women toads. Yeah, girl toadstools. Yeah, which um, is something that like hadn't really been quote confirmed until more recent games, but there it is in nineteen eighty nine. They had, they had much more uh, reasonable body shapes than Toad, who's just kind of a nugget with mm-hmm. a big giant head. They had, like, actual torsos and legs. It was a diverse group. There was one guy who was really tall and skinny. Yeah. And, yeah. Meanwhile, now we just see that they're all the exact same shape. Some of them have long blonde hair. Yep. Making them female. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the uh, Mr. Female Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man uh, approach the, the to bow, uh, yeah. g- gender design where you just throw a bow on and it's female. <laughs> Uh, but uh, they they decide they're no longer needed in the Mushroom Kingdom uh, and head back to Brooklyn, which has now been really more vandalized than taken over by Koopa. But, um, like, I mean, first off, the Statue of Liberty has been redesigned into the Statue of Koopity, which I feel like they pass over pretty quickly because that's, <laughs> that's probably his biggest accomplishment. It totally is. He replaces one of the largest statues in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, with, with one of his face. I mean, they, they must have brought that with them from the Mushroom Kingdom or something. Like, how that would have fit in the pipes is beyond me. So I pictured it more as, like, a Looney Tune-esque thing where they just took some chisels to it. There's dust. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's Koopa. <laughs> Boy, I was shocked to see to hear the Koopa's voices. Because, like, you'd think that they would, for a character like that, they'd be like, I'm Koopa's or something, like, have some kind of weird thing. But they were just like... Hi, we're, we're Koopas, and we just have kind of like a Kermit the Frog voice. They're so little, they look like Ninja Turtles who haven't grown up yet. Yeah, they, they do look like baby Ninja Turtles. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of Koopa's time is just spent changing the name. Changing signs. He's just a vandal. I mean, he's like a shepherd fairy or something, like. but he thinks he's taking over the world. 
it's barely vandalism because he's not like spray painting. He's literally just swapping out yeah. signs on Coney Island for Koopa Island. Yeah, and he has he has pre prepared signs that are in the same like graphic design format. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's basically like a, a prank. It's like what uh, Nathan Fielder does on Nathan for You. It's like very. Uh, I mean, he must have gone to like a sign shop mm-hmm. and dropped a couple hundred. This is a very expensive plan of his. Yes. But I mean, his his big goal is to change the name of everything to Coopatin instead of Brooklyn, which is a very labored pun. Yeah. It's like, like learn from the Smurfs and kind of get your shit together a little bit better there, Koopa. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and then the B part of his plot is to make everybody the bricks, which was odd. Well, I think that's, of course, their way of not actually killing anybody. Right. Right. Though this reminded me of something my brother told me in the 80s when I was far too young to know that he was... Well, and I guess maybe watching this is why I didn't think that he was kidding. But he pretty much said in the original Super Mario Brothers, every set of bricks is um, a, a toadstool person that Bowser has changed into bricks. So anytime you break a brick, you're killing a toadstool person in order to succeed at the game. I've killed so many. I know. <laughs> I was like traumatized by that because it was like, oh God, the, the, the trade-offs of like getting to the, where the, uh, you know, ivy plant thing is you have to kill like six people. That's so sad. Yeah. That's dark. It's very dark. That is really dark. Well, this one Oh no, I'm doing the thing that Danielle always does on this show and coming up with a creepypasta <laughs> that makes the show extra dark. <laughs> Well, none of that happens in this one. Everybody gets turned except, except so the, the cab, cab driver. driver. That cab driver, they get past pretty quick. Yeah, I think the cab driver, dead. which was just like had a big stogie in his mouth, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, oh, what are you doing there, Koopa? Bah, bada bing!" It's like, oh Jesus. Well, he's the first one turned into bricks, and so they turn his cab into bricks, and there's no person, so it just looks like he's dead. Well, also. So he sticks his head out what appears to be the driver's window, but they also um, show him driving off to, to get the police, and the, the car is going the other way, and then it backs up, and he's poking his head out of the same window. So did he throw it in reverse, and he was going to reverse drive all the way to the cops? Or it's like real bizarre... It's like, just lazy animation. Well, yeah, everything about it. Like, <laughs> but uh, there's a spelling error in a background sign, because um, we, see, we see in the first episode that we watched... Mike, Mike, Mike Burger Shop. And, uh, Not Mike's. <laughs> yeah, just Mike Burger Shop. And then in this episode, we also see Mike Burger Shop, but in one of the shots, it's, you just see Burger Shore, S-H-O-R, instead of S-H-O-P. Which is great. And then, then sometimes it's like outline, and sometimes it's solid lettering. That's very, very sloppy. The, the laziest thing, though, I think, is the roller coaster scene. Where right, the background is like yeah. these two sections of roller coaster. The looping, cycles. the looping Flintstone style background that they're <laughs> running and it's looping literally looks like three like graphite pencil strokes. It's like it's like if someone said, "Okay, draw a background roller coaster," and you have two seconds. It's like, <laughs> and it's like, okay, now put that on a roller and loop it for like five minutes. Yeah, but I mean, in probably it it felt like. It's it's like the the problem that I have with a lot of anime is that they recycle so hard because they make so many episodes of it so quickly where it's like you see one scene and it's just a still image that someone pans over back and forth and it's just people going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. like, well, there's narration. It's like that where they, they took the same like four loop seconds of animation and just kept playing it. Like he was running, I mean, with all of the dynamic uh, narrative arc of this animated piece about like... 80% of it was just Mario and Luigi running from this roller coaster car, <laughs> really which is, was. like, very low stakes relative to the things that Koopa's doing. 
I mean, that scene takes longer than any roller coaster I've ever been on. Yeah. <laughs> Luigi asks if it's a one-way roller coaster, which is an odd thing to ask, and then he keeps saying, try the brakes, which is like, it's like, what... Have you ever been on a roller coaster? You're, you apparently live right next to Coney Island. You'd think you'd get these things figured out. It's fantastic. Yeah, so strange. And then, so Peach and Toad are now bored <laughs> yeah. with the serenity that they have in the Mushroom Kingdom because I guess they're just glutton for punishment. Yeah, they're like, well, we're not getting kidnapped, and Mario's not doing any kind of antics, so we're just having a nice day. Screw this, let's go to Brooklyn and go hang out with Mario. See what he's getting up to. And immediately steal a truck. <laughs> yeah. So so we cut from them jumping into the pipe to go to the normal world back to Mario and Luigi running from this Koopa controlled uh, roller coaster car that's that's chasing them down. Uh, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, cut to uh, Princess Peach and uh, Toad are driving a full dump truck full of dirt that they've apparently acquired. <laughs> And it's like, this is the best plan we had. We, you know, we killed a guy and took his truck. <laughs> we jumped on his head and he fell asleep. Uh, and then they just ram it into a Coney Island roller coaster. Destroying the coaster. Destroying the coaster, <laughs> doing millions in damage. But they do save Mario and Luigi from the Koopas. Yeah. Though uh, Koopas then all go to the Brooklyn Bridge and then start suicide bombing it with bombs. They're just like, woo, we want to die. They're really excited about yeah. it. And they can apparently fly because they kind of had their arms out in like a Superman pose and then zoomed over to one of the supports. Yeah, they can change direction. But that's that's also a thing that we just pass over so quickly. They did serious structural damage to the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> the suspension the suspension ties snapped. Uh, there's like thirty percent damage to the the base of the bridge. It's like that's people are going to die. Yeah, because that was their Koopa's big thing was that uh, they're going to blow the bridge and se- separate Brooklyn off from the rest which, of the world. Which isn't how that works. There are there are more points of egress from Brooklyn. That's like Gotham. It's just the right. It's, yeah, just the Gotham Bridge. Or no, that was in in those movies. It was just to get to Arkham. The asylum was on that island. Okay, so okay. the bridge was the only point in and out. <laughs> so, so Brooklyn so, is really Ar- Arkham Asylum. Then pretty much, okay. yeah. I mean, that, 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 that works. That tracks. Yeah. I, I think the, the big thing that they're betting on with this show is that not enough people knew anything, any details about Brooklyn outside of what you would see in, like, old uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons. Because, like, that was the, that, hey, it's the tree that grows in Brooklyn. Lol. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's tiny good, little good one, Luigi. It was like a uh, Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Right, know? yeah. But, um, I mean, at the end of this, we get really what becomes the origin story for why Mario doesn't go back and forth from the real world because he lures Koopa back from the real world to the Mushroom Kingdom and then blows it up, blows up the path with, with a bomb. So it's like, like at the end of this, Mario now lives in the Mushroom Kingdom and is cut off from his mother who he was uh, like vocally excited to see. And he's like, meh, I didn't think about that. He's got his brother. Yeah, he's got his brother. And, uh, you know, the princess, of course. Right. So strange. So strange. Yeah, the end. The end of the animated portion. We go back to live action where Luigi's working on a totally disconnected toilet. As as if it's like an electronic shop where, like, your TV goes out and you bring it to, like, a TV repairman. Then somebody clogged their toilet. So they disconnected their toilet and brought it to a plumber and said, could you fix this and then bring it back? It's like... That's not how that works. And, like, and he was going into the tank of the toilet where right. the, the clogs don't go. 
But that it was hard for me to focus on that because casually there is the gigantic Radigator. Radigator, yeah. Uh, in yeah. the background, what this the giant the rat hell dragon. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're not looking at it. It's it, they're just like, and also there was like a uh, a wheelbarrow full of giant pieces of coal. Like they yeah. worked, like they worked in the furnace of a train car in like the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> It's like all kinds of spools of wire uh, that were bigger than they were. It's like, I don't know who the set dresser was, but it's like this big, like, nightmare. It's like a... It was like, I think it was more of, hey, what are the other shows here not using? What can, right. what can we throw on this set? Yeah, it's like maybe they shot it on on the, the premise of like a prop warehouse. Maybe. It was just like, we're just going for it. And then those puppet legs in the window. So it's so annoying. So upsetting. Because cause this is a, uh, like, their door is on the street level, but this whole thing is basically underground. Because there's staircases. Yeah, the stair yeah. goes straight down. So there's the one little top window, and it's white, but they had people walking by, but they used puppet legs. Instead of, like, just having an extra walk <laughs> on a, a thing, they had, like, weird, very intricate, it almost reminded me of the Beetlejuice animated series we did earlier. Oh, uh, yeah. Where everything is... You know, it represent, represents a real person, but there's so many, like, gaps and everything. It's something upsetting well, they had, about like, it. little sticks on the bottom. So I'm yeah. wondering if there just wasn't actually a ledge built there for someone to walk across. And they actually had someone on the ground, like, holding these giant sticks, yeah. making it look like someone's walking. But that that whole, like, I, I want to get, like, a, a 3D look at that entire environment. Because there's, like... Tomato plants coming out of a dirt-filled bathtub next to, like, a weird puppet jail. There was, like, there's, like, a barred cage that there was, like, a, a puppet that looked like it had screaming on its face. I didn't see that. Yeah, and then there's, like, you know, a wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow full of football-sized chunks of just, like, coal, like, black coal. Then you have this giant grate on the wall that has a radigator coming out of it that... They only say, oh, the Radigator doesn't like the opera singing either. Like, like they're not worried it's going to eat them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's our friend the Radigator, who had earmuffs on. Everyone had earmuffs, which is supposed to be sound protection against this opera singer. And they're all speaking normal volume and you can hear yeah. themselves. And then, of course, Mario and Luigi share a sofa bed together in their work clothes. Right, yeah. So. They must smell awful. Which is just adorable yeah. that, that they do that. It, but then, it, but then this episode of the animated one also disconnects the live action from the animated because now we know the the live action are in Brooklyn and have, have never been to the Mushroom Kingdom, and then the animated ones can go to and from Brooklyn, but have now cut themselves off from it. So it's like, which are the real Mario? Are these are these two men insane? It's just complete madness. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, it is. There's really no way weird. to know because they are now both dead. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> Because this was uh, almost 30 years ago, and they were old as hell then. They were in their late 40s, early 50s, and, yeah, R.I.P. Lou Albano and whoever played Luigi. <laughs> Weird show. I, I gotta be honest, this is not one I think I will continue to watch. But Luigi straight up said he was going to murder a woman. He did the live-action Luigi. Yeah. Wants to kill the opera singer. And it was so offhanded, too. He's just like, I'm gonna kill this woman, Mario! <laughs> Like, I'm gonna off this bitch. Like I laughed, but yeah. you know, I'm not sure. I'm gonna hit her with a wrench until she's not breathing. <laughs> it's like, all right, Luigi, calm down. Yeah, he's got some anger issues. Yeah. So it's like there's a radigator right there. He can't speak. Their little feeder into the radigator. Oh god, that's yeah. how they dispose of bodies. That's, that's how they do it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was weird. That was, this is a weird one. <laughs> like, like so far in this, I've I've picked a lot of cartoons that were like old faves from the nineties, and then this one is like, I remember this, but I don't remember liking it, and now I know why. Yeah, that's. Because Mikhail Gorbachev ate borscht on a pizza, and Luigi wants to murder an opera singer. That's Mario good, Brothers. Good <laughs> Mario Brothers. Remember that part in Mario Brothers where Mikhail Gorbachev wants a pizza? That's everybody's favorite. Yeah. That should have come up in New Donk City. Yes. Like, Gorbachev sure. is just there eating a pizza on a park bench, and they're like, what does that mean? They it's should have like, a yeah, like pizza, now with borscht. Yeah, now with caviar. <laughs> caviar and sour cream. Wow. Well, we're we're at the one hour mark. Let's yes. uh, start talking about cereal. What'd you think? Oh, uh, so I think that it was essentially Lucky Charms. Yeah, it's basically Lucky Charms, which we haven't done on the show yet. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, the the marshmallows. I so there was clearly question mark block. There was clearly what looked like a fire flower petal. But I'm re- like I could not make out what those were. They just I knew I mean, that there they was, were marshmallows. There was a superstar and a pow block, or yeah, uh, and then the third one looked like kind of like a teardrop that was red, but then had like a white thing inside. So it was, oh, it was fireball. probably or his hat. That might have been his hat. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Or or fireball. Yeah, that too. Uh, it, it was fine. Like the marshmallows, yeah. I thought were good. They they were a nice sweet to add to the. Uh, just the, grain, yeah. Right, it's just unflavored grain cereal, yeah. essentially. Like it was fine. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not selling it for the cereal; they're selling it for the amiibo, and for three bucks for an amiibo. I mean, it's the cheapest amiibo you're going to get. It is, and so it's, it's not going to store any data if you try and use it for anything other than Mario Odyssey. But right, well, and you you pointed out that it's like this disc, and like it's barely a disc; it's like a sticker on the inside yeah. of the box. Like they went as cheap as they could on that, and I mean I understand why it's it's it's, it's the free toy and the cereal, yeah. right? Um, but, um, it's, it's interesting though. It's, I mean, in, in an era where, um, cereals don't have toys in the bottom of the box anymore, um, for them to make a digital toy, yeah. it is something you can literally play with by interacting your box with your video game system. Like that was a very odd moment. Cause I was like, okay, well I'll activate this amiibo and it says like touch amiibo to the joystick. Like you do on the switch. And I was like, okay. And I'm just rubbing a cereal box <laughs> on a game console waiting for something to happen. I was like, what is what is the future? What what is this timeline? <laughs> Look, Nintendo, like Nintendo Labo, like we talked about earlier. The best Nintendo is weird Nintendo. Yeah, they do the weirdest shit, and that's and when they're the best. There's no weirder Nintendo than the <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Super Show, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, really, I think we found a nice trifecta. You know, we have the cereal box amiibo, we've got the Super Mario Brothers cartoon, and Nintendo Labo. It doesn't get much weirder. And the Zelda cartoon, a little bonus. <sighs> yeah, that yeah. One, so we have to see that again. That, that well, excuse me, princess! <laughs> so good. Though that show does look better than the Mario show, I will say Well, that. and the absurdism of just seeing the clips out of context... Because, like, as weird as all this Mario shit was that we saw, we were like, and now let's watch some clips of Zelda, and, and Link is a ghost <laughs> for no reason. And Zelda's getting, like, she's put in a headlock by a skeleton that gets scared about the... Just that was a real presence. rapey headlock, too. That was, yeah, yeah, that was, yikes. Uh, yeah, and it's then, also, like, Link is so sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> He's like... Well, maybe if I wasn't a ghost, it's like kind of sounds like Michelangelo and Zelda the whole time. Is like, come on, like this is serious. Let's get get your head in the game, Link. Like, <laughs> I just I, I kind of envision Shigeru Miyamoto getting like a screener of these two things and seeing what Link is like and seeing what Mario is like, and then him just going like, they will never speak again. 
Like this is this is my edict as as the owner of these two properties. Shigeru Miyamoto wills it. They will never say another word <laughs> as long as these characters live. I, I have a feeling that he was unhappy with these shows. I do. I have he that has, hunch. He has a creator credit in the credits too. Like I'm sure he does. Yeah, his names on all this stuff. You know, they're his characters, and I can't I can't imagine that he was happy with the outcome. But I mean, they they kept making this stuff. That's the crazy thing, because I mean, there's fifty some episodes in this Mario. Show. Yeah, it's like sixty four. I think. Jeez. But they, but I mean, they didn't get a second season. They powered through them for thirteen weeks straight <laughs> and just hammered one after another. It's like, all right, well, I wonder if it, I mean, clearly they didn't have to run anything by Nintendo. No, I mean, this probably set so many of Nintendo's policies on like IP control and stuff like that because they're like. Why is why is Elvira talking to Mario? <laughs> well, because I'm sure that's how the conversation was. Like, yeah, sure, go ahead, knock yourselves out, guys. No, we need a set of rules. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we have to invent the DCMA takedown so that we can for- forbid this from ever happening again. I mean, maybe this is why Nintendo is so touchy about that kind of thing. Because they were some of the first to really try it, and it didn't go well. <laughs> Went pretty well for Sega when they did all the various Sonic cartoons. Yeah. Because there were, what, like 18 Sonic cartoons? Tons of them. The first one with Urkel and the real super dark one. That's the that's the one I need to watch again. Where it's like everything is post apocalyptic and dirty and and cyberpunk. Sega was always. I mean, they they always tried weird stuff. You know, they they had their own TV channel that was all video games, which was really weird to use. And oh, yeah. they they tried some really sketchy, like really out there stuff. The Dreamcast was a a real ahead of its time thing and a total flop. God, C Man was one of the best games ever made. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Well, yeah, that was it. That was Mario. Yeah. So, so that's our first crossover. Woo! So, yeah, Gamer Heroes and the Saturday morning. Oh, wait, we didn't get Spoon spoon Count oh. towards Hero. I'd say five. I was going to give it five as well. Yeah. Like, it's it's not... right right down the middle of the road. I have no, like, I have another box at home. I have no interest. I'm just, like, see if it still sells on eBay. Because I tried the Amiibo. The Amiibo didn't really do that much. It was three bucks, so I don't feel like I've lost anything. Like I, yeah, I got a podcast episode out of it, so screw it. I tried a new cereal, yeah. right? You know, or did you, or was it just reformulated? I mean, Lucky that's Charms. the thing. Like, I don't really Lucky care Charms for Lucky Kellogg's? Charms. I no yeah, idea. probably oh, everything's right. Kellogg's, except right. for weird stuff. Um, I never really liked Lucky Charms. I always found them kind of bland, and so yeah. this is this just reinforced my old opinion of Lucky yeah. Charms. That's what Lucky Charms tastes like. So. They're fine. It's not offensive. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't be mad at a bowl of Lucky Charms. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. It's a real workaday cereal. It just gets the job done. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I mean, it filled me up, right? Like I didn't, you know, it didn't, it didn't get soggy really quick. Yeah. Where like you know, like the Chex Mix, the Chex cereals, uh, the Life cereals, stuff yeah. get soggy really quick. So you know, it didn't have any of the bad stuff. It just didn't really have any of the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just fine. Yeah. Had a maze on the back. Is it? That's fun. There were actually kind of like two mazes because well, so the the second maze was um, what's Yoshi gonna eat, <laughs> and then he had to follow it. So the first one is just a single line, and that get, goes all the way around, and then that hits like a, a coop or a, a Goomba, uh, and then there's three other ones, and then they just have like little swoops. Yeah, and all start over there. So it's like. Okay, well, not not really having any challenge here, and it's like, okay, and we got it. And yeah, like, okay. And there are some questions sprinkled all over the back, and I couldn't. There doesn't seem to be an answer key anywhere, so if you don't know, I guess you have to Google it. Yeah, right. Um, oh, yeah. Which is interesting. Mario's Jumpman. Mario's Jumpman. One of them was like a personality trait question, which I thought was kind of subjective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mario's an INFP. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. 
Oh man. Well, that was that was a real weird one. But uh, how do how do you guys normally end uh, gamer heroes? So we just kind of plug our stuff. You know, I'm the Star Trek dude on Twitter and Facebook. You, of course, Zen Munkin on Twitter and I mean just Twitter, just Twitter. We both host uh, Red Shirts and Runabouts. Which is our Star Trek show every Thursday. Yeah, I do the Saturday morning Tooncast, which this will be released as one of them. On so, Saturday. On Saturday. Uh, I also do The Gauntlet with Ray, whenever that comes out. That's on uh, Sundays. Sundays, okay. It's on Sundays. That's our limited run MCU rewatch. Yeah. So uh, Captain America the First Avenger just came out earlier this week. Um, and then, of course, this coming week will be... Marvel's Avengers, which is the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm on Gamer Heroes, which this is cross-streaming on. That comes out every Tuesday. I'm also on Screen Heroes, which is our movie and TV podcast that records live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash Heroes Podcast. And episodes come out on Wednesdays. We both guests it on Earth 2. Right. Welcome to Earth 2 is our new improv narrative fictional comedy show yeah. on Fridays. So we're very busy doing different random things. Yeah. You can find all of our stuff at Heroes Podcasts on Twitter and Facebook, heroespodcasts.com for all of the Heroes Podcast Network yeah. stuff. Well, that's it for this week from both Gamer Heroes and the Saturday Morning Tooncast. You want to go grab a slice of uh, borscht pizza? Borscht pizza sounds delicious. As long as it has caviar. Well, yeah, and sour cream. Of course. We will see you next week. Alright, well I hope you guys enjoyed that special episode of Gamer Heroes with the Saturday Morning Tooncast. Don't forget that John and I will be back next week with a special announcement about a brand new format that we'll be bringing in 2018 here starting in February. Catch you next time. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.